TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studio. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It is the Twins, the Score North first place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 78. I'm Rami Makloff along with our Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, and our exact location in Bomba Soda today is CHS Field, home of St. Paul Saints baseball. It always just feels right to do a baseball show from a baseball park. Looking out over the field right now, there is a tarp on because of the... Light rain in Lower Town, St. Paul, but I am confident that we'll get this thing. I think there will be baseball this evening That is CHS Field. That is fair to say, and I'm glad we got through talk of a tarp on the field without Rami bringing up the ridiculous notion of putting roofs on baseball. I've said before, I said last time we were here, I don't want to put a roof on CHS Field. Good. It's a simple return on investment <laughs> issue. I don't, now, I don't, now I don't, what exactly is the reason why you don't want a roof on CHS? Like it's a return on target. Field, it's for it's simply economics, Manny. It's a return on investment. I don't think the stadium is big enough. I don't think they play enough games. I don't think that enough people are drawn to CHS Field to to justify the cost of a retractable roof over CHS Field. Whereas with Target Field, it, you would get your money back and. Ah. and, and a hundredfold. Look, a hundredfold. I, it's a ridiculous notion, and I won't even entertain it with an argument. Let's talk about the Twins, shall we? <laughs> I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Hey, I this is always you. how it happens with the put a roof on a thing. I don't bring it up. Other people bring it up, and then I make sense, and then you get annoyed. That's, heard, that's how this thing always goes. I heard you talking in the intro there, Rami, as you told the people, the fine listeners of the Score North First Place Twin Show, in Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 races. Yes, sir. Did you say the magic number is 78? 78. That's lower than it was when the weekend started. It's two games lower than it was when the weekend started. So that's good we're for the st- Twins. We're still mo- the, the bus is still moving in the right direction. And despite all your pessis- pessimism late last week What's that the Twins could get swept in a four-game series, they end up splitting in Kansas City. I know you'd rather have Sunday's game back and all that, but, you know... Taking two out of four in Kansas City and marking a little more time towards A, the All-Star break, B, October, it qualifies as a decent weekend for the And they still haven't had a losing stretch of schedule yet, whether it's a homestand or or a road trip. They haven't had a losing homestand or road trip this entire season. They still haven't lost three games in a row the entire season. That's how you know it's good that this is when it's bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> that this is bad because you've lost five of eight and split a four-game series with the Royals. Who, yeah, they're a terrible baseball team. They're one of the worst teams in all of baseball. But you'll you'll take a split on the road of a four-game series against anyone. They got some good players too in Kansas City, and as the cliche goes, those guys are getting paid too. Um, I still think you'd rather take more than a split, but your point is well received. That we. We should talk about the Twins in the form of what are they doing right now? How does this impact today? How does it impact the standings? I've got some numbers for you in a second, but I don't want us on this show to lose sight of the fact that there's a second track. We always, always, as you're talking about the first-place Twins, you have to talk about what's happening in the moment. How are they competing with the Royals in June in Kansas City? But track number two is how does it set up for October? I think that's always in the back of all three of our minds. I'm just kind of putting it to words that there are two tracks that we need to follow and we need to pay attention to 
Um, and so here's here's track one. Track one is how things are going right now. Of course, we'll be talking about October. We'll be talking about the addition on a minor league deal of former Indians closer, former Angels closer, Cody Allen, uh, to the Twins. They signed him over the weekend. So we certainly will talk about all that because that might impact October. But track number one is how are they doing right now? And right now, I think you'd say so-so. Sure. Kicked a couple balls around. The bullpen has left something to be desired. I looked this up for a column this morning on scorenorth.com. The Twins are 4-5 and five since Byron Buxton left the lineup, which, whatever, no big deal. But then June, uh, I think it's June anyway, uh, maybe since the last series in May, that series in Tampa, they went down to St. Pete and took 3 or 4. They're 13-10 and 10 since that stretch. And I say that to say that it's important to point out when things aren't going well so that we can, you know, quickly correct them. And, hey, we can't – World Series attitude is not letting little things slide. World Series attitude is getting your best foot forward all the time. And even with that, this sort of subpar performance, whatever you want to call it, over the last two, three weeks, that's, that's a 91-win pace that the Twins are playing at. So we can simultaneously point out it's raining outside and – it's okay. The streets probably aren't going to flood. A rainbow is coming. This is a very good baseball team. They also are in a stretch where they haven't had a day off in two weeks. That matters. And they played 17 innings. They have a lot of injuries. They played 17 innings. I mean, that'll, that'll grind on any major league baseball club. To come out of it, to come out of it seven and six, to come out of that stretch where you played two weeks straight without a day off, you had the injuries that they've had, and you played a 17-inning a game, I'm happy with the seven and six record out of that. I think that's good. I think that's something to be. I think that's something to be happy about and optimistic about. Yes. Well. Yes and no, because winners want more always. They're greedy. Paul Molitor had a great phrase. You know, you win the first two games of the series, you inevitably get the question before Sunday's game or the third game of the series, whatever the case was. Hey, you know, you already won a series. Got to be pretty happy with that. And he'd kind of look sideways at the question. Molitor was great with the media in terms of answering those kinds of things because he'd give you a good, thoughtful answer, no matter how good or thoughtful the question was. And the, hey, you won a series, that's got to feel good, right? He'd be like, well, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course. But Molitor would say things like, yeah, I mean, it feels nice to win the series, but... Nobody in here is patting ourselves on the back before Sunday's game saying it doesn't matter what happens here. We won the series, guys. Right. You want to get greedy in these games. Sure. I think the Twins have been pretty good at doing that. So, so there is still something to, yeah, 7-6 and six through that stretch that you just mentioned, Rami. Yeah, all right, you'll take it. You're not going to you know, run from that. But at the same time, I do think the Twins probably want more out of what they've had for the past couple of weeks. That would be fair to say at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, as, as a fan or, or the analysts doing what we do, as, I mean, as a player, you, you, I want them to be, like, borderline crazy. I want it to be an unhealthy competitive attitude in, in a locker room or a clubhouse. Well, you know what I'm joking. That, that's what it takes to, to compete at that level. But yeah, as fans are yeah. analyzing the game from where we sit, to – for me, when I sit back and I see a, a, a team that played two weeks straight without a day off with Buxton, Scope, and Garver all going on the IL in that time, with your pitching somewhat coming back down to earth with Odorizzi and, and Martin Perez regressing, which I think we all had to expect, even if you were the most optimistic Twins fan, to come out of that 7-6, and six, I don't have to be that unhealthily competitive 
uh, person who, who runs out onto that field every day. I get to sit here at CHS Field and talk about it and be a little bit more objective about it and have a little bit more perspective on it. And with that perspective, I say 7-6 and six is really damn good. That's damn good. Well, and you just glossed over it, but it's worth underscoring. No Byron Buxton. And not to dive too deep on that point, but you guys can see the chain reaction when Buxton's not out there. Oh, yeah. Center field goes to somebody else, not named Byron Buxton. Number nine spot in the lineup isn't a guaranteed lightning bolt every single night. So, again, not to dig too deep on it, but Byron Buxton out impacts multiple spots and it impacts your lineup. Mitch Garver missing some time. It might be only a little bit of time, but that matters. When you've got Babe Ruth in catcher's gear, you want him on the field as often as possible. Marwin Gonzalez not playing impacts this thing because suddenly you can't just plug guys in mm-hmm. and, and Williams Astadio is a nice extra player or, or Jonathan Scope short-term injuries. No big deal because you got Marwin. Marwin's at that Swiss Army knife that just covers for a lot more than you would think. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think Marwin Gonzalez's value to a, a postseason aspirational club is greater than what you'll see at the end of the year on his Fangraphs page or on his baseball reference page for wins above replacement. His wins are greater, his contributions are greater than his war. And you're seeing it here. This week, if you had a healthy Marwin, this thing looks different. And then who's the fourth name that I'm missing off this? Jonathan Scope. You miss almost half of a great lineup, and every lineup in baseball is going to take a step back. The, that's the negative. You guys want the positive? Just kind of balance it out, flush mm-hmm. the system. You're ever the optimist, Rami. I know that about you. Except on Friday. Yeah, I don't know what We're, got into you there. I just threw out a hypothetical that they could possibly lose 10 of 12 in a 162-game season. And don't look now. The Cleveland Indians are only eight games. Eight games. They've won three in a row. Rear view mirror. Objects oh, no. are bigger than they appear, boys. They've won three <laughs> in a row and eight of ten. So... I think that the Twins are a great baseball team. And I get some pushback when I say that, but I look at stats like this and say it's hard to conclude anything else. The Twins, right now, despite losing Sunday's game, the only American League club to have won 50 games this season. It's not like they've played 10 more games than the next closest. 50 wins is 50 wins. And secondly, they're the only American League club to outscore opponents by more than 100 100 runs. At this point, mm-hmm. 105 run differential. That's ridiculous. For your Minnesota Twins. And I think I saw this morning, I was just digging around for the column uh, um, on the website, my Five Thoughts column, which published this morning. I think, if memory serves, the Houston Astros are second on that list with a plus 95. Mm-hmm. So, so, anyway, you've got a team that's outscoring other teams by more than 100 runs midway through June. Life is good, period, full stop. There are some little things along the way that we'd like to correct, and we're certainly going to talk about improving them. We'll talk about Cody Allen and the impact that could potentially have out in the bullpen. But I can't. I just, guys, we can't lose sight of the big picture. That things are great right now in Bombasota, and the Minnesota Twins are a great ball club. And can I go back to what Mandy just said a second ago? The Indians have won three straight, and eight out of ten, and they're still eight games <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's it's tough sledding. How for that many times club. are the Indians gonna win eight out of ten over the course of the rest of this season with that lineup? 
Yeah, well, they'll get some pitching healthy here at some point. That club looks like it could go on a run. They've done it here the past 10. They're not going to win 8 out of 10 very often. I'm here to tell you right now. I'm here to guarantee you on June 24th, 2019, at 12.11 p.m., live from CHS Field. The Indians will not win 8 out of 10 very often the rest of this season. They'll be lucky if they do it two more times the rest of this season. Well, are you going in 10-game chunks or like a rolling average? Any way you want to. (laughs) Any way you want to. The Uh, Twins are not going to have a lot of stretches of schedule with that lineup where they win 8 out of 10 games. I'm just being a smartass. Manny, it was you last week that brought up that Dodgers club. Not only last year did they get off to a slow start in April, but two years ago. Yep. What was it? They lost, lost was it 15 out of 16, 15 of 16 in late August into early September. And that was a 100-plus win ball club, they won, right? They went 104 and 58. That With, having said that, I set you up here a little bit. That was unfair of me. But do you get nervous when you see the Indians closing in the rearview mirror? Or is this Twins team one of those that's just... It's too good to even concern yourself with that on a nice weekend at the lake. I don't get nervous, but the thought that comes to my mind is the Twins, I do think, need to be careful because a they have not lost three games in a row yet this season. I tend to think that's bound to happen at some point. Well, sure. All right. And yeah. you don't want that now to... Now who's the pessimist? Yeah, exactly See? right. Well, ah. Rami, you poisoned ah. the well. And, and here's the other thing, too. I, I think... <laughs> What you don't want is for that three-game losing streak to come to to align itself with a three-game winning streak for Cleveland, because if that happens, then an eight-game lead suddenly becomes five, and then you're starting to then that's I think when you start to get a little bit nervous. Right now, am I nervous? No, but I think a, a three-game losing streak combined with a Cleveland three-game winning streak could make it could bring this down to five, and that's when I'll start to think about it a well, little bit more. Well, and. It's important what part of the schedule that comes at, too, right? Because mm-hmm. if the Indians are 13 games out of it with a week to go before the trade deadline, uh, some tough decisions, some business decisions are going to have to be made in that Cleveland front office. And if I they're four the, games back, it's different. And I think the Twins and the Indians, I think they play each other in like a three- or four-game set, Is like it, like a week before the trade deadline, I, I think. I want to say mid-July. I think you're correct about that. Yeah, so... I mean, that's, it's something to watch for. Am I worried right now? No. I still think this team is going to be fine and they're going to win the division. But, yeah, I think they got to be a little bit careful. But here's something else you have to remember. I, I can't see – I'm not even going to give numbers because then I'm the pessimist yet. But I can't foresee – You already poisoned yeah. the well. Don't worry about I, that, I can't. I can't foresee a scenario where things go so well for the Indians and – by that, I'm also including going badly for the Twins. That's what it's going to take for the Indians to get back into this thing legitimately. I can't imagine things going so well for the Indians that they're buyers at the deadline, where I'm almost certain that the Twins will be buyers at the deadline. So roster-wise, the Twins should get even better and put more, even more ground between them and the Indians between now and July 31st from, from a talent and roster standpoint. If they can get healthy, though, because they are a little bit banged up right now. And part yeah, of that none of these injuries are serious, though. All these guys are expected back in the next week or so. Sure. Yeah. I don't think it'll be long-term stuff for them. But you, you, know, but you, you have to hope know. something else yeah. doesn't, doesn't happen, too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you always cross your fingers and hope there are no injuries in any sport in, over the course of a season, especially baseball, because it's such a long season. But. It's kind of crazy to me how deep this club is that we just talked about four guys who are pretty pivotal players, and they're still running out a lineup that's not only it's respectable, good. but good. Yeah, still a pretty good lineup. In years back, like, let's take the Royals, for example. I just said at the top, they, you know, they split the series with the Twins. I'm sure they had this 
to to whatever extent you can circle games for a club that's going to lose 90 plus i'm sure they look at the twins as a measuring stick and think hey you know we're not that many years behind where you are right now this is a series you get up for if you're them so they split at home against a great ball club Look at that lineup if they lose one or two guys. I mean, they're already playing without Sal Perez, so you notice that. Whit Merrifield's a good ball player. I just, Alex Gordon, who's getting up there, but solid. Mm -hmm. And then Danny Duffy had a nice start. You look at that and say, if they lost the equivalent talent that the Twins have lost this year, or that the Yankees have lost this year, ball game over. You're watching Omaha. Uh, 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 at Kauffman Field in Kansas City over the weekend. So that's something that I don't think we should just gloss past, that, like, are the Twins' replacements as good as the people who've gone out? No, I don't think so. Are they respectable? Are they capable? Can Williams Estadio get it done? Can Luis Arise get it done? Arise. 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 It's good. It's it, like they have good quality major league caliber depth, and I think that's a good thing. He was four for four yesterday. Can't dude. get that guy out. When everybody gets healthy, there's going to be a numbers crunch on this roster, and they may be left with the choice of Rise or La Tortuga. They do roll that. And I, I don't know. I mean, you guys know I'm president of the La Tortuga fan club. I don't know that I can, I can justify keeping him on the roster over over. <laughs> so good. Oh, I was about to compliment you on your linguistic talents, Over man. a rise. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it depends what you need. And I'm going to use the cop-out baseball executive answer these of things these tend to work things always out. Them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think he's really put himself in a good position, clearly has a great idea of the strike zone, knows his swing, knows what he's trying to do. And if you were saying that of a 28-year-old, you'd be like, good, that's a good major league player. This dude's 22, and he has those things going on. I really... I haven't spent much time talking to him. I spoke with him a little bit in Fort Myers during spring training this year, back when I thought he was, you know, a prospect on the radar, not a guy who was going to come in and get prize, if you will. <laughs> Sorry. No, I will. That was great. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for that. I'm just letting it breathe a little bit. Give oh, give that man. glory its I due. I'm stupid. But I asked him. <laughs> I, I, I guess I didn't spend much time talking to him, but the sense I get in watching these games just on TV from my couch in Bloomington, this guy's a smart, a smart ball player. He He gets sort of defensive positioning. He understands the geography. I already mentioned he knows his swing and he knows what he's trying to do. You can tell among guys with good eyes at the plate on the Twins, he's got to be on that short list for uh, among the best. I mean, it was, I think, uh, Joe Maurer set the standard for years and years of that ball an inch and a half off the plate. He would get it right 100 times out of 100. I, I got to think a rise has got to be pretty close to that just in the summer of 2019, again, as a 22-year-old. that's And that's your depth, man. They've got quality major league caliber depth that's able to come in and spell guys when uh, Buxton, Gonzalez, Scope, and Garver does get hurt. And he, this is cliche, but he looks like a professional hitter. He doesn't. He's never looked overmatched or mismatched in the batter's box by major league pitchers it's a good point. since he got here. I mean, he's just he's, he's a professional hitter. He knows how to hit the baseball. And it's translated, sometimes doesn't translate the way it has for him from one level to the next. And from the way that they're talking about him, 
every level he goes up and he just hits the baseball. Yeah, it's he's impressive. Only, he's he's walked eight times and he's only struck out twice. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen games. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Bats. Considering that most people that relationship would be flip flopped, right? You're striking out more than you're walking. Um, yeah, it's. Rami, pretty easy to see why this guy's prospect stock has been on the rise. It's the uh, Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 78. We're also live from CHS Field today. Is that a real palm tree over there in uh, the Treasure Island Come on, uh, dude. portion? It's, it's St. Paul. Over left field. I know, but it looks, it looks real. R- Rami. I don't know. We'll, we'll go over there. That's right it, over it, by the craft real beer or garden. Fake, fake ah. a real palm tree over there. Like... Rummy, you've been Treasure here Island before. I never walked that's, over there. Yeah, that's the craft beer corner. We went over there the first night we were here on opening day at CHS Field. The craft beer corner down in left field, there are fake palm trees out there because palm trees, Rami, don't grow in St. Paul, Minnesota. Maybe if they're really, really well taken care of, That's right. they could thrive. <laughs> this gardener here that takes care of the grounds needs a raise then. For tickets and all things St. Paul Saints related, visit St. Paul Base or excuse me, SaintsBaseball.com. The American Association All-Star Game and Festivities come back to CHS Field on Monday, July 22nd and Tuesday, July 23rd. Tickets and more information at Saints baseball.com this is like i said the score north first place twins show live from bombasota the land of 10,000 ranks the magic number is 78 and we're back right after this on score north on 1500 in the score north mobile app rants my baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let freedom run this Independence Day at the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon. Relay in 5K in Minneapolis on July 4th. Enjoy hot dogs, all-American pops, and free Summit beer. For sign-up information, please visit scorenorth.com, keyword boom. North first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes on score north on 1500 and the score north mobile app. The magic number is 78. We're at CHS Field today, home of St. Paul Saints baseball. Score north out here all afternoon long, leading up to we think baseball here tonight. This evening, it's raining right now, tarp out on the field, but it should move through before that. Rami Makloff, along with Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, find his thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app and Manny Hill. And there was uh, Twins news over the weekend. I believe it was John Morosi first to report that uh, the Twins signed 30-year-old reliever Cody Allen, who was uh, released by the Angels earlier this month after a 25-game stint where he posted a 6-2-3 ERA and walked almost eight batters per nine innings. Now, he has a track record of success at the major league level, Derek, but just not recently. Is this another project like a Jake Odorizzi or a Martin Perez or some of the other guys who the Twins have been able to tap into something and quote-unquote fix. Yeah, I, those are two interesting names. I would say this is more Martin Perez than Jake Odorizzi because when they traded for Odo, the guy we used to call ALERA leader Jake Odorizzi, that was kind of like we're getting a mid-rotation starter 
who's been that for years, and we just expect that's what he's going to be for two years. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that he blossomed into a quasi, you know, or a pseudo ace in 2019, that's a great, great bonus for the Twins. But the Perez project, as I was calling it over the winter, was more like, hey, everybody knew this was a live arm, lefty, good stuff, top prospect. Eh, it wasn't great in Texas. His career was sort of up and down, you'd say, and the final year with the Rangers, way more down than up. So that was sort of a reclamation project, and that's how I view Cody Allen. I think this is, get this guy in here on a minor league deal. He's someone with familiarity with Derek Falvey. Get a pitching plan in place. Get him healthy. That's, I think, a non-trivial component of this. He sat out the Angels with a little bit of back stiffness, I, I understand. That's that's a lot to try to fix in one go. Right. But I think, look, if the Twins pitching plans have worked so well for some of these other guys, I, I think as a Twins fa- fan, you'd be hard-pressed to argue against them. You'd be hard-pressed to say, this is never going to work. This isn't worth the flyer. Of course it's worth the flyer, and we'll see what we got here. Yeah, it's a, it's a low-risk, high-reward move, Manny. I, I don't I mean... I, don't, I haven't seen anybody take issue with it, and I don't know how you really could take issue with it. Were you excited no. about it? No, I wasn't excited about it. Okay. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where if they're able to find something to to help him and help him get back to the form that we saw of him, you know, for for years in Cleveland, then great. But I think that, I mean, I I, I guess what I could say is I'm not expecting much out of it because okay. I I think that. Danny and I talked about this yesterday on on, uh, on Score North Sundays, is that I, I just wonder if that deep run to the World Series in 2016 where he was being used a lot, Andrew Miller was being used a lot, and we're seeing Andrew Miller is not the same guy that he was a couple of years ago, the same lights-out lefty specialist that he was a couple of years ago. I just wonder if using those guys as much as they did during that run has now played a role in where they're at now. And... I mean, that, that's not a knock on Tito Francona and the Indians for using them the way that they did. I mean, they had to. It, that Those two guys were catalysts in them getting to that World Series and getting to, within a win, an inning of potentially winning a World Series over Rami's Cubs. But yeah. but I, I do just wonder if that whole deep run may have taken, taken a lot out of both of those guys. Rami, you saw the news this weekend. Uh, you probably got the Score North push notification on your score north mobile app i'm guessing that's by the way that's how i heard about it by the way and i have a question after your quick pub yes. i did not know that the score north mobile app gave happy birthday wishes oh you didn't from a judd zolgad in a twins flapper hat that i think is... there are a couple different happy birthdays <laughs> but that's one of them i mean that's the best feature we got how <laughs> it's the creepiest no... feature anyway how has nobody told me to be <laughs> Mentioning that when I shamelessly and endlessly plug that thing. Yeah, well, hey, get birthday the, wishes from a a a flapper hatted Judd Zolgad. Get that the is Score North mobile app, and you will see once a year at least Judd Zolgad in a Twins bomber hat. That's amazing. Yeah, some behind the scenes footage there from the Score North. Studios. Somebody tweeted me this weekend that they got that. I was like, I did not it's even know we were doing this. Pretty epic. That's awesome. So you get the push notification over the weekend. Hey, Twins on a minor league deal with uh, Cody Allen. Was your first reaction excitement? Where, where were you at with that mentally? I'm talking like first blush, knee-jerk reaction. My real honest reaction? Yeah. Like, okay. That was it. It was like, okay, then mm-hmm. they, might, they might have something there. Sure. 
Yeah, maybe. It's a guy who has succeeded at this level before, and they've they've shown a tendency and ability to 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 unlock some guys who there's obviously something there. They've been highly touted prospects or have had success at the major league level before and for whatever reason lost it and the twins have shown an ability to find those guys and 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 tap into whatever it is that's missing yeah so i thought okay they they might have something there i i like the move i don't love it it's like i said a low risk high reward move if you can get that guy anywhere back near the level that he was in that 2016 season with cleveland you've made your bullpen that much deeper that's and that's right. that's what the postseason that's 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 what decides games in the postseason is the depth of that bullpen. The question I have, though, is will they be able to find a way to get some of his velocity back? Because that is what has hurt him the last couple of years is he's lost, I think, three or four miles an hour off of that fastball. Great and, question. I mean, if he doesn't have that velocity, it's just he's either going to have to change the, you know, change the type of pitcher that he is entirely or he just may not be able to to contribute to a major league club anymore. Well, that's one of the things that they've shown the ability to do with the biomechanics. Martin Perez, it was just opening his his hips up a little bit more, so more of his weight was going towards home plate, and making that little change in, in his delivery added two, three miles per hour to his fastball when the season started. I know he's come back a mile or two, but, I mean, that's... That's what they're trying to do with all these, all the analytics and biomechanics that they've implemented in the last few years, and that Wes Johnson seems to have a real knack for. So maybe they can find some of his velocity. Yeah. Again. Maybe there is something really subtle in his delivery that's 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 off from, yeah. from 2016. Well, it reminds me of for years they talked about that in Pittsburgh with Ray Searage. You'd say like, oh, if pitchers struggling, go just sign a one-year deal with the Pirates, or. For years before that, I mean, we in Bombasota, before it was Bombasota, kind of made fun of the White Sox and Cooper for that. It's like, oh, well, you see something he's going to fix, the fixer. It's right. like, well, if you could just fix every pitcher, why don't you? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of that to me. If you look at Cody Allen signing a minor league deal and say, well, the, you know, he was a dominant closer. You call him dominant for the Indians in 2016 for that World Series run and the rain delay heard around the world. And then he was a hot ticket free agent, signed with the Angels. Yeah, it was a one year deal. He got like eight or nine million bucks. It was eight and a half. Eight and know. a half. And mm-hmm. said, Okay, this is a, this is an arm that's a it's a sought after commodity. Maybe some people were worried about the decreasing velocity or the decreasing whatever swing and miss rate. Whatever the red flags were, probably brought his price down a little bit. But all that being said, he was a closer. He's a ninth-inning guy. He's a legit, trusted veteran, and he's not 60. He's 30 years old. Right. So I think if you're looking at this from the perspective of the Twins just solved their ninth inning and they'll figure it out from here, no. I think that's expecting too much. But if you look at this and say, yeah, it's a cheap lottery ticket, and the payoff isn't a Mega Millions jackpot, but the payoff is like you know, your month's rent. Right. You're gonna you're gonna want to hit this lottery. You want this one to cash in the scratch ticket here. But that's that's what it is. It's a scratch off. If if it turns out that, yep, the velocity's never cracking 91 again, and he's just not gonna miss any bats, and he went from being diet Craig Kimbrell to diet 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 zero calorie Craig Kimbrell, then you haven't lost anything here if you're the Twins. It's just it's not gonna solve any bullpen issues if he doesn't become that Cody Allen. You. You started to fear at the back end of Cleveland's bullpen. My second thought was, 
This better not be it. And I don't think it is, but that thought did cross my mind. Like, I hope they have bigger plans in mind for the bullpen than stuff like this. Yeah, that's a very fair one because I think that's the real fear, right? What I would say to assuage those fears is the Twins have been on the horn with big league clubs working to upgrade their pitching staff. So I don't think they're going to settle at Cody Allen rebuild as their new is this is not their final purchase right if they made a real bid for Craig Kimbrell which they did why would you then settle for minor league contract for former right closer I think there's some component here of the Derek Falvey connection that is why they were interested in Allen over the winter reportedly and why they'd be interested in him now why they think they maybe have a competitive advantage to getting the most out of Cody Allen but if if I I just don't think they're going to the grocery store and they walked in, took a right, got a loaf of bread, and are like, all right, that sounds good. Let's feed this family for the week, boys. (laughs) I I don't think that this is the last item on their shopping list. It's one of the items. And if that loaf of bread gets you a couple sandwiches, then, hey, you're in business. We'll see. This is where I'll stop the metaphors. That was bad. No. No, That's pretty good. Okay. All right. (laughs) Is this worse than Rami rolling his R's in English when we were talking about Luis Arraiz? By the way, I can just eat bread. Like, I'm, I don't need anything on it. Really? Yeah, I can just eat, like, just give me a good loaf of bread. And I was, or bread, How, bread I should yeah, say. Many, <laughs> whole grain bread? Yeah. How I mean, many of your 21 meals in a week, Rami, are just bread? Oh, I mean, it's not a normal thing, but if it's, if it's what's handy, I'm not at all upset. Like, no butter, no nothing, nothing, just bread, and I'm, I'll, I'll be okay. All right, man. If it's a good loaf of bread? I'll be I'll be happy about it. Yeah, yeah, sign me up, but I don't want to eat bread for 21 meals. No. And I don't want to stretch not. that loaf 21 <laughs> meals in a week. No. That's what the Twins are doing here. It's a, it's a lottery scratch You're saying scratch Cody off. Allen is just a plain loaf of white bread. No, I'm saying the, he's got the upside to be, you know, one of those cornucopia fruit baskets <laughs> with some bread and jam. But the, the, the downside is he's, yeah, he's a processed white bread and... You don't want to have to sustain yourself on all that. We're live from CHS Field. In addition to uh, all-star festivities coming here to CHS Field, July 22nd and 23rd. New this year is the City of Baseball Museum. The City of Baseball Museum offers a trip through time that features five distinct eras of baseball in St. Paul with a focus on the rich history of its storied hometown team. Come on out here to CHS Field and visit saintsbaseball.com for all things Saints baseball related. It's the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, live from CHS Field, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 78, and we're all back right after this on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. The Score North. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Drill to left, and that's not coming back. Wow. Brown with another solo home run, and it's three to nothing, Twins. Dick Bramer with the call on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. The Twins' magic number is 78. We're You're just going to roll all the R's now the rest of the way, aren't you, Robbie? We're also at live.scorenorth.com. And you can uh, get the Score North mobile app in the Apple and Google Play stores. Listen live and on demand via the Score North app. The longer you listen live, the more points you rack up. 
to get cool rewards from us because we love you here at Score North and the Score North mobile app. is also your one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com, including the Five Thoughts column from Derek Wetmore, which just went up. Yep, live as of this morning in Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. We heard Rami the home Mackloff. run there from uh, C.J. Crone, and we're at CHS Field today where uh, there should be baseball tonight. This rain is supposed to move through. I think so. I want to talk uh, some a little bit of the uh, trade rumors that are floating around right now, but I was a guest on Cluster Fun, which is Danny Cunningham's uh, live Twitter show. It's on every day right around 11 o'clock at Score North. He's uh, supposed to be taking batting practice with the Saints today. Oh, is it just him? Well, I'm going to be on the air because it's going to be right around 4 o'clock. I'd love to go and show you guys how this is done, but got work. <laughs> somebody's got to work, you know what I mean? <laughs> Danny thinks he can go yard. I told him maybe, maybe, if he really gets one and yanks it right down the left field line, 330, maybe. He's trying to go, like, center field. Yeah. It, There's with no a wood way, bat. right? I know Danny is a young, athletic man. Yeah, wood bat. Yeah, he played college football, but... Boy, he's if, trying to hit it to the 52. The dead eye center field. Yeah, he's talking, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to hit one of those cars out there. He was yeah. talking like 345. I think that's like out in left center somewhere is about 345. He thinks he can get it over there. There's no way, right? Uh, I haven't seen Danny swing a baseball. Bat. It doesn't matter. No chance. No chance. Like, it, I'll tell you this. I'm looking down at the left field corner there. It is 330 to just straight, straight left field. The foul pole. And I got to tell you, the the better chance of getting out to left field would be to walk down out of the press box and run to the craft beer corner. <laughs> That's the only way any of us are getting out to left field at CHS Field. The the shortest part of the park here at CHS Field is three twenty, right down the right field line. But I can't imagine Danny has oppo power like that. Oppo power, and you got to get it up over you that wall. Up, it's they, a little bit of a higher wall. They do have the sort of target field thing where the the center field comes around, it's level, and then in about right right center. That wall juts up. That's got to be 30 feet there. I'm just guessing. We're a long ways away, but that's that's a poke. If that's weather poke. allows it, that'll all be up at uh, at Score North on Twitter. I don't oh, know if Danny's the only one, but it. I know Danny is taking batting practice with the Well, if it, let's say this, too, if it's happening. I think this is weather permitting because you see the tarp that's on the field right now. Uh, not sure that the top priority for this beautiful ground would be to get – Danny Cunningham, a couple of cuts against a bullpen pitcher. I think if he asked Danny Cunningham, it would be. That's right. It depends who's who's ranking the priorities here. That's a fair point. Uh, Mark Feinsand from MLB.com. He was uh, assessing what the Twins might do between now and the trade deadline. And this is a quote from a general manager, not a front office source, not somebody close to the situation. This is an American League general manager who told Mark Feinsand about the Twins, quote, I don't think big buyers. I think they'll continue to be pragmatic. I do expect them to make acquisitions, but not with the same aggressiveness that Houston or New York will show. Hmm. Hmm. Like I said in the last segment about Cody Allen, that better not be it. Yeah. And guys like that better not be it. So I read this quote over the weekend, and I thought to myself, okay, it's just one man's opinion, right? But the more I think about it, it's like I've been expecting for a month now, you guys. I've been talking people down off the this team is not good enough to win a World Series, and this front office is going to do nothing about it. 
so I'm pissed. I've been talking to that crowd and saying, hey, you know what? I respect your anger. Let's talk this thing through because I, too, see some deficiencies, but I spend much more time looking at the, the, the picture of great baseball team, maybe needs a little help. Where we differ on that line of thought is this front office has proven capable and competent and intelligent and opportunistically aggressive. I just think if they deem this team is not good enough to win a World Series, they're going to make it better. They're going to be proactive. They're going to add to this roster. And I've been saying, hang on a second. Let's just wait and see how they play their cards here as the summer plays out. Now, the part of that quote that's interesting isn't that the Twins aren't going to be buyers. They're not saying they're not going to do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But that quote would lead you to believe that they're not going to be as aggressive as the Astros or as the Yankees. That part is hard to refute until something changes, until you're proven otherwise. It's really hard to say, no, the Twins are going to be as aggressive as those guys. So far, they haven't been. The Yankees got Edwin. The Astros, I suppose, what have they done in season? But, I mean, that's already a great ball club, and they've shown in the past aggressiveness going way, and getting Verlander, getting Cole. worse than the Twins. It's bad right the now. The Astros right now. It's bad right now. Um, but I just, it's it's your instinct as someone who follows the Twins is to want to fight back at that and say, how do you know? And at the same time, you don't really have a leg to stand on in that argument until the front office does do something more significant than a minor league deal for a failed closer. Right. Yes. Call a spade a spade. I like the Cody Allen signing. I think it's a good, strong bet. It's a buy-low opportunity. It's a scratch-off ticket. But if that's all you do to improve your October club, then I it stands to reason that other clubs are going to be more aggressive than that. They have no reason and no excuse not to be every bit as aggressive as the Yankees or the Astros. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, 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 you give... Uh, an organization like the Twins and a market like the Twin Cities, a free pass when the Manny Machados and the Bryce Harpers of the market or the Bryce Harpers of the world hit the market because you just you can't financially get into bidding wars with the Yankees or the Red Sox or even the Astros or the Twin or the the Cubs or the Dodgers. There there are teams out there that because of the financial system that is in place in baseball right now, you're just not in the same stratosphere in. So I don't expect you to be as aggressive as those teams when it comes to bidding for top-tier free agents. But when it comes to making a trade at the trade deadline, and especially for what the Twins are looking for, money is not really the issue here. The issue will be how much you want to spend in assets, and usually that comes in in prospects. Because bullpen arms aren't going to cost the world for you in terms of dollars and cents but it's going to cost you quite a bit in terms of prospects and the twins are as rich in those as the yankees as the astros as most teams around baseball so i really see no reason for them not to be as aggressive as the yankees or the astros between now and the trade i fully agree i I think this is a go for it year and while i sometimes fall on the more conservative side of the prospect argument no i wouldn't trade a top prospect for a rental starting pitcher to pitch game four of the alds but Within that context, like, it's important to send prospects out this summer. You need to send prospects out. You better not be married to any of them. 
You marry the top three. That's fine. But mm. don't be in this committed long-term relationship with the seventh best prospect in your system. Try to help him out. Try to make him better and make him a big leaguer. But if you've got to deal him in the right move to make your team that much better at odds to win a World Series, you make that move. And I don't think that's that controversial. I think that's something that's going to happen this summer. The other thing, too, I've touched on this before. I trust these guys to go out and find other prospects down the line. If they have to give one up, if they have to give up the fifth best prospect in their system, I trust them over the next couple of years to find another guy who could be just as good down the line. So I don't There you go. I don't think giving, you know, having to move away from prospects to to help your team right now to go on a run this year, considering what we've seen from these guys over the last couple of years now, I trust them to to be able to keep keep the farm system uh, replenished year after year after year. That's a great point. Yeah, and that's what they hired Sean Johnson to do. That's what they promoted him to do, run the draft, keep the pipeline full. Sometimes we're going to need to call on those guys, like Luis Arise to come, Luis Arise to get through a season, and he's going to be valuable depth for us. And in other times, we're going to trade him. We're going to try to acquire Major League Ready Talent right now, trading future wins. There is another quote from that, Mark Feinsand piece on MLB.com that you referenced earlier, Rami. Uh, he was just quoting a couple of executives and not naming names, just kind of trying to get a sense for are the Twins going to be buyers? How aggressive are they going to be? Well, they talk in the piece about you know the Taylor Rogers, the Ryan Harpers, the Mike Morins of the world getting some of the high leverage innings in Minnesota. And I'm quoting from Feinsand's piece now. He says, uh, the fact that that trio's pitched a lot, it's it's led one rival executive to predict a bullpen buy or two by the Twins in the coming weeks. Quote from this unnamed executive, they need a reliever or two if they want to compete with the Astros and Yankees. If they can get the right guys, they have a legitimate shot to play deep into October, end quote. And that's the quote to me that hits this nail a little more squarely on the head than the... I don't think they'll be aggressive along the lines of the Yankees and the Astros. Because, like, what evidence do I have to say to that? They were aggressive on Craig Kimbrell. They've been aggressive in calling teams, asking what's the price to get this guy on our pitching staff. That, to me, I know talk is cheap, and it won't actually matter until they land somebody. But that, to me, shows the aggressiveness of improving this thing with a hashtag World Series attitude not the other way around of they're going to sit back and, and let this thing play out and gosh, just hope to put in a good run in October. On the same level in terms of the aggressiveness between now and the trade deadline as the Yankees and the Astros and, and anybody else. That's fair to expect, right? I would think so. So you follow the Cubs pretty closely, Rami. But I understand why they couldn't go as far as the Cubs because that's financial. When you talk about sure, signing I'm, Craig Kimbrell. I'm not talking about Kimbrell. I'm talking about Aroldis Chapman, right. which Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer viewed as sort of this final piece to a puzzle. How can we get this guy in to take this club that has a pretty good shot to win a World Series and ratchet it up a couple percentage points? If, it's, if you enter October with a one-in-five chance, because you're one of the favorites, but you still you got to go through three rounds. That's tough. 20% chance. Right. Can we make a move? Yeah, we'll trade future wins for this, but can we make a move that takes us from a 20% to a 28% chance? You make that move when you're a contending club and your window is now, like the Twins' window is now. And you said you wouldn't trade a top prospect for a rental player. They traded, I don't know, 
How many people know this, but you've probably heard the name Glaber Torres in the last year or two for the New York Yankees. He's been absolutely raking for them, and that was, he was Royce Lewis for the Cubs. He was the guy, he was the major piece going the other way for Aroldis Chapman, and he was their most prized prospect at the time, and obviously he's panned out, and obviously Aroldis Chapman did what the Cubs brought him there to do, so it worked out for everybody, but that might be what it takes. If that's the type of arm you're looking to add to your bullpen or to your starting rotation, that might be what it takes is one of your top prospects, and I'm willing to go there. Yeah, I I've know. said before, I know Glenn Perkins has said before in, in reference to Noah Syndergaard, who now has health problems again. That's fine. But I'd still take him. That's, that might be what it takes. Yeah. If you're talking about adding what looks like it could be, you never know if it is, but looks like it could be the final piece to a puzzle, a World Series puzzle, it might it might take Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov. That's the part that scares you, the might. If you said, this is easy. If you trade me your two prospects and you guarantee to win a World Series, every team takes that trade. Right. The scary part is there's no guarantees. We will uh, update the all-star voting in Major League Baseball and where your twins stand in hour number two. That's right, another hour of Twins Talk. Coming up next, it's the Score North, first place Twins show, live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks to magic number is 78. And we're back right after this from CHS Field. Sponsor of the Score North Studios, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Okay, lost one down. Deep right center field. Hit to the gap. There you it go. Is up and gone. Jake Caves first of the year, and it's two to nothing. Dick Bramer with the call on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North, first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 78. I'm Rami Makloff along with Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. Our exact location in Bombasota this afternoon is in CHS Field with you for another hour. And then it'll be a Purple Daily Vikings talk and Matthew Collar back in the saddle for that one coming up a little later this hour. We'll talk with uh, the voice of Saints baseball, Sean Aronson. And there should be Saints baseball out here tonight at CHS Field. We expect the rain to, uh, to move on through, right? That's awfully optimistic of you, but yes, I feel the same way. I think that's what the forecast said. I think it's picked up already. I think it's... Is it still raining? doesn't look like it is. I think it's been off and on spitting. But anyways, I do think that by game time tonight, less certain is if Score North's Danny Cunningham is going to get his pregame round of BP in and try to take him deep to straight center. Uh, I think he said left center. He said 345. I don't care what he said. He <laughs> take him deep. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, Danny, but you're not taking anybody deep tonight. I think I... Think I I might be able to go down left field line with an aluminum bat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If aluminum you get, bat right down the left field line, maybe. If you get the giant springy bat and the juicy Major League Baseball, then sure. Yeah, then, then you know, Texas leaguers become home runs down the left field line. But I, I think a wood bat against a BP pitcher is a little bit different story. We are through the, uh, the first round of voting in Major League Baseball's uh, all-star voting. They're calling these the, uh, the primaries, right? Yeah, we're really excited to compare ourselves to the election <laughs> Major League Baseball. <laughs> that's what people want, that's, that's, is more election stuff. That's what the focus group exactly. told them, I guess. <laughs> right. They were like, what are, what are Americans not sick of? The focus group was a leg. Elections. That's how we should model the All-Star game voting afterward. 
So uh, this is how it's going to work. There are now three finalists for all eight positions or nine positions in the American League, right? There is a DH vote. Yep. And, and then, then outfield, you get your top nine. Top it's position nine. agnostic. So uh, this is this is where we stand now. Catcher, no twins involved there. It's uh, Robinson Torinos of the Astros, James McCann of the White Sox, and Gary Sanchez of the Yankees. Do you think if Mitch Garver doesn't have the injury problems and continues to produce the way that he did, that he's in the mix for this, or is the platoon uh, too much to overcome? I say boo. How can a Twins catcher not be a top three finalist? I thought, and uh, Jason Castro he was, was in. Well, he was it in first. there, wasn't he? he? The first update that I saw had Castro either second or third in there. But who did you say? Sanchez, Chirinos, Sanchez, Chirinos, and McCann from McCann? the White Sox. Yeah, all right. I mean, good players. I'm not going to try to argue it, and I'm not all star snub guy. But, yeah, frankly, it's a little ridiculous that Jason Castro or Mitch Garver is not getting consideration. Do there. either of you know if James McCann is related to Brian McCann? I don't think they are. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I don't think, think unrelated. they are. Because Brian McCann is the sheriff of the uh, baseball fun police. So I'm just wondering, oh. I'm wondering if he has... Uh, so he'd have a real ruse, reason to root against the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Manny's right on this. I don't well, think there's a relation. Okay. Yeah, and Brian McCann's also the primary reason why they put a limit on... Uh, why baseball put a limit on mound visits. <laughs> oh, because yeah. Because during the right. World Series in 2017 against the Dodgers, he was basically Brian, going yeah. back to the mound every other pitch. Hey, I really thought he was just trying to get his 10,000 steps. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for the uh, entertainment factor, but uh, every time a pitcher can reload that chamber a little bit and just fire that next bullet just with a little bit more purpose and intent, it's good for the for the pitcher anyway. I say nothing of his fielders. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked here. Mitch Garver, without that high ankle sprain, Still would have needed to been written in because the way oh, Major right. League Baseball, yeah. despite how futuristic they are on some things, one, they think they can't call a strike zone with technology, and two, they think that only starters, people who were the opening day starter at their position, should be the default option on the election ballot. So some 400,000 people scroll through and see, oh, yeah, Twins catcher must be having a good year. Yeah, I'll vote Jason Cash. They don't have the bandwidth. To Mitch put up two right, catchers right, for a team. Come Boy, on. come on, they've, Derek. They've got to be hurting a lot harder than I thought then because Mitch Garver was having a hell of a season, legitimately one of the best hitters in the American League, and for him to need like a write-in ballot, look, he's going to get his next year. He'll probably be your twin starting catcher. That way he'll be the default option when Major League Baseball goes with the election thing again next year for some reason. But yeah, absolutely one of those guys should be consideration in consideration, and it's a little disappointing that they're not. First base, there is a twin involved there, and first and first, does this mean he got the most votes if he's if he's listed as number one? Are they going alphabetical? The or, or uh, Yeah, I don't know. C.J. Crone, Carlos Santana, and Luke Voigt. Uh, are the three first basemen who will move on to the final vote. The only reason I don't love C.J. Crone's chances here is uh, Minnesota versus New York in terms of market size Ooh. and fan base and therefore votes. It's like how Yao Ming always led in, in votes for the yeah. NBA All-Star in the year he, he had all of China he, behind him. He didn't play a in, game. In the seasons where he didn't play at all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nice to have that kind of support. C.J. Crone's going to have to fight uphill too because not exactly a household name. I'm not saying Luke Voigt is around the country, but, you know, Carlos Santana is. That's that's a name. You've known Santana's that. Santana's right? having a great year. Yeah, and so uh, C.J. Crone, good for him to be a finalist. I don't know where that's going to go, but you tip your cap 
not only to the Twins for unearthing that gem, but for C.J. Crone for being that gem. He's a big reason why the Twins are where they are right now, and good for him that he's getting a little all-star love for that. Second base, no Jonathan Scope. Your three uh, finalists there are uh, Altuve of the Astros, Tommy Lastella from the Angels, and DJ LeMahieu from the Yankees. I don't think you can really argue with that. No argument from me. Scope's a nice find, too. Scope was worth consideration, but I'm totally okay with him not being one of one of the three finals. Tommy right? Listello, one of the premier power hitters in baseball, as you well know, Rami. Jose Altuve, one of the best players in baseball for years. Yeah, I got, I got, you can't really take any exception to what's happened at second base. At shortstop, there is a twin involved there. It's Carlos Correa. I think he got the most votes among shortstops. Jorge Polanco, two, and Glaber Torres, the aforementioned number three. Again, Polanco at a bit of a disadvantage. He's having a better season than both of these guys, and if the All-Star game was based purely on merit, Jorge Polanco would be your starting shortstop for the American League, and there would be no question about it. But he's up against a guy who plays in New York, the largest market in the country, and a guy with a lot more name recognition, name value in Carlos Correa. When this comes down to a vote of just three guys, I think Jorge Polanco... Polanco finds himself at a disadvantage, which really sucks, because if anybody on this Twins team deserves to be starting in the All-Star game, it's Jorge Polanco. This is the guy who needs your support, Twins fans. Uh, it deserves to go, obviously, and don't think he'd be the kind of guy that, uh, you know, manager, coaching staff, however they're doing the secondary and filling the bench and whatever, I don't think he's exactly the kind of player you'd grab from that pool. So he needs to be voted in to go to the All-Star game, in my opinion. And uh, clearly deserves it. I mean, there's some people talking about him. I know there's a guy who plays in Southern California who's pretty good at baseball, Mike Trout, um, probably going to win the American League MVP. But Jorge Polanco's put himself in that conversation. There are some people talking about Polanco as a potential MVP candidate. The, the offensive numbers jump off the page, and he's sort of a leader of a surprising turnaround Twins team. That's a pretty good recipe for a lot of people to get some love in that category. I don't think he'll win MVP, but it would be a pretty nice honor as a sort of fallback to that to go to your first All-Star game and represent the Twins. 36 games in a row he has reached base. You'll take it. 36 games in a row. (laughs) That's pretty good. And he was, uh, last time I checked, this was more than a week ago now, so these things change, but he was leading American League shortstops in average in on base percentage and in slugging percentage and for my stats nerds out there he was also leading in waiting on base average so weighted on base so that's it's really really a it was hard to project how great of a season Polanco was going to have but b it's hard to ignore how important he's been for your first place twins third base no twins it's Bregman from uh, Houston Hunter Dozier of the Royals and Gio Urshela of the uh, New York Yankees. It's weird how there's a Yankee at every position, isn't it's it? It's weird how they were all the backups at the start of the season. Strange. <laughs> were those all write-ins, too, then? Uh, that's a good question. No, look, I bet you you can pull some strings if you live in New York, and you can say, hey, this, guy, this guy's been hurt all year. Well, they got Aaron Judge voted in for crying out loud, and Manny, as you well know, that guy, we'll get to him when we talk outfielders, but that guy hadn't played a whole lot this year. And he's one of the top nine outfield vocators. I'm sure you don't pull, you don't get strings when you live in Lower Town, St. Paul, in Bombasota. But you get to pull some strings if you live in Manhattan. So I would just say, even if they were backups, 
Probably got that guy put on the primary ballot. You mentioned the outfielders. It's uh, Mookie Betts of Boston, Michael Brantley of the Astros, Joey Gallo of the Rangers, Aaron Judge of the Yankees, somehow Austin Meadows of the Rays, Josh Reddick of the Astros, Eddie Rosario of the Twins, George Springer of the Astros, and Mike Trout of the Angels are your outfield candidates for the final vote. Manny, you well know how many home runs that guy have. You, in our Score North Dinger draft before the season, took Aaron Judge with the first overall pick. How has that panned out for you? Not well. He has five home runs this year. And yet, here he is. Yeah. A leading, one of the leading vote-getters in the American League outfield on name recognition alone. I am not someone who gets... Offended is maybe the wrong word, but but I'll, I'll use it for want of a better term here. Offended or outraged by last year when Eddie Rosario narrowly misses the All-Star game, what's the easy story? The easy hometown story is Rosario gets snubbed, great year, shame on you baseball, I love Rosario, print. I don't get offended. It's like, yeah, did he deserve to be an All-Star game? Sure. But there were other players who were also very deserving and... Barrios got to go instead. What are you going to do? In this case, it's frustrating when name value does propel you up over the top of somebody having a better season. Who's having a better year, Aaron Judge or Max Kepler? Max Kepler. And he's not going to get a sniff at the All-Star game because Judge plays for the Yankees and has had some good seasons in the past. I don't get worked up because it's, I mean, it's, a, game, it's a meaningless game. It's an exhibition. It's the best All-Star game in sports, it is. Rami. No, it is. I agree with you. I love I love watching the All-Star game, but at the end of the day, especially now that they took home field advantage in the World Series off of it, it doesn't mean anything. It's an exhibition game, and it's meant for entertainment. It's meant for fun. So whoever the people voted in is who they're entertained by, who they have fun watching, so God bless. But I get mad in a, I get a little bit mad for those guys because that's the only recognition that they really get as far as standing out amongst their peers. I wish there was something in baseball like there is in football. Guys don't really care if they make the Pro Bowl other than whatever clauses it may kick into their contract. <laughs> yeah, what, they, what they really care about, though, as far as recognition and standing out amongst their peers is the All-Pro team, which is voted on by by writer by NFL writers so there it's it's based on merit it's based on accomplishment it's not a popularity contest it's not the size of the market that you play on and it actually it actually means something it means that you've accomplished something at the highest level i, w- I wish there was some way for these guys to be recognized in that there's no way Jorge Polanco should not be recognized for being better than the rest of his peers at shortstop. And if he's not going to get it in the All-Star game, there should be some other avenue for those guys to get that recognition. Well, maybe he just didn't run a very good campaign ahead of the election. He needs to fire his campaign manager and get on board. We do have one more twin involved in the All-Star vote against Nelson Cruz, designated hitter, along with J.D. Martinez and Hunter Pence. You know, Nelson Cruz having a great year at 38. Another big reason why the Twins are where they are. He missed some time with an injury. But unlike Polanco, Cruz is going to get the bump of having the name recognition. People know Nelly Cruz around the country. They love him in Seattle. I'm sure they love him in Texas. I don't know what they think about him in Baltimore. It was a short stint there, whatever. But he is a beloved feared slugger across the game. So he, he's he got a shot. I think he's got a shot. I think Rosario's got a shot and should. Um, boy, it's it's going to be a tough putt, even though Polanco deserves it, even though Crone has played his way into deserving it. 
it's going to be tougher for those guys. A kind of an uphill climb from my perspective from where I sit. Um, but look, the Twins deserve to have more than four reps go to the All-Star game. This is one of the best teams in baseball. They've played like it, and I guess I don't get rankled by these kinds of things. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it tonight, but Max Kepler should be there too. How do you guys feel about every team being represented? I love I don't it. like it. I love it. I think it's important. Really? Yeah, because I'm not a fan of it. If you're in Kansas City, what? Why would you watch the rest of the the, the major league season? Yeah, but if there was somebody you really wanted to see in the All Star game in Kansas City, you'd have voted that guy in. Well, it, steering clear of the fact that Kansas City was the club that wrote the computer yeah. script a couple of years ago to get Third. all Royals voted in, and Omar Frickin and Fonte was starting at like second base. And, yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll just dodge the joke for a quick second and say if I'm a Kansas City baseball fan that matters to me I want to see my guy go to the All Star game was it was it just last year yeah last year the Twins were eh, okay Cleveland's the class of the division Rosario's having a good season and Barrios got to go how cool was it to see Barrios pitching an All Star game in a season that you don't have a whole lot of other things to really be pulling for I I think as long as it's an exhibition. I want to see every city, every state, every team or territory, every uh, Bombasota region. I feel like this have is, somebody uh, in there. I feel like that's a, this is a participation trophy society that every team gets an all star. Like I, I, there's a certain there's a certain amount that you have to do as a fan to 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 be. It's kind of like what I was saying about the Montre- Montreal as a as a baseball market. You didn't earn a baseball team. You had one. And you failed at supporting it, and that's why they're not there now. If you fail to vote your guys into the All-Star game, then you failed to get... Then obviously you didn't have that much interest in the All-Star game to begin with. How many people are you getting to watch from Kansas City... Which I don't know why we use Kansas City as an example, but how many people? Are, baseball team and the Twins just. How many with people them? are you getting to watch from Kansas City because you picked one of their? It's not about the viewership. Their bullpen. It's not about viewership. It's about you pride in your team, in your city, in your state, whatever. I think that there's a real element there of relating to it. And who am I to say if you're a, if you're a Twins fan in Egan and you watch every single game and you listen to the score on the first place Twins show? Why do you care that Luke Voigt is going to get more votes because he plays for the Yankees? Like, do you deserve less of an investment, less of an opinion? Does your opinion matter less because there aren't as many people in Bombasota that are going to vote for C.J. Crone? No, I don't think that you compare them based on votes and market size. I think that there's something to hang your hat on as a Twins fan, seeing number of guys, in this case, potentially as many as four, go represent your club for the All-Star team. I think that matters. When it's, when it's earned. Yeah. yeah the, the, I mean, the only thing I will say is I just remember when Mark Redmond made the All-Star team representing the Kansas City Royals, and he had an ERA over five yeah, so, at the All-Star break. But there aren't, like, to your point, Rami, participation trophies. There, how many guys can you be offended by over the past, let's say, five years that are like, that guy's not an all-star? Every club has at least one superstar, star anyway. I wouldn't say superstar, but like Hunter Dozier is a star player. Sure. Uh, you know, pick another bad baseball team, and I'll be able to name one guy off the top of my head that's like, that dude's awesome. So if I'm a fan of that club, to say nothing of the players, by the way, who do probably get contract bonuses and elevated status the next time free agency comes up or trade talks happen, 
that matters to the players. For the fans, from their perspective, I think this matters. You get to go see your guy, the guy you cheer for on your uh, on the tickets that you bought with some hard-earned money, and you go cheer for him at, let's say, Target Field in a down season. It means something to see him step out on an all-star game field. That's that's important, too. I will say this, and I don't think baseball was trying to to fix the, the fact that it's a popularity contest and it rewards big markets with this new all-star voting format. That's not what they were going for. They just wanted more buzz around all-star voting. They wanted but clicks. If anything, this, this aids big markets and aids oh, yeah. star power because it's one thing for – a Yankees player or for uh, I'm just looking for the most or for a Mike Trout to compete against the rest of the country sure. in all-star voting. But when you narrow it down to just a Yankee versus two other cities at basically every position because the market is that large or you you take a, a Mookie Betts against, although he's deserving, but I'm just saying yeah, from yeah, a yeah. name value standpoint against the rest of the country versus eight other outfielders. The scale tilts that much more in favor of large markets, in favor of stars with who already have the name right. recognition. Who, who's having a better year, Eddie Rosario or Aaron Judge? Who's going to get voted in to start the All-Star? Aaron game? Judge, probably. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of All-Star games, you guys, the uh, American Association All-Star Game and festivities come back to CHS Field Monday, July 22nd and Tuesday, July 23rd. That's where we are today. For tickets and more information, visit saintsbaseball.com. We're going to talk with Sean Aronson, the voice of Saints Baseball. After a short break, you're listening to the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 78, and we're back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Because the Vikings... My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect you. X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th featuring four days of the world's best action sports, music, and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet and musical performances from Incubus, P.O.S., and the Wu-Tang Clan and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com slash tickets. Thank you, Lindsay. It is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 78. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Twins reporter Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, live from CHS Field. That's our exact location in Bombasota. There will be Saints baseball tonight for all things St. Paul Saints related, including all-star festivities, which are coming to town July 22nd and 23rd. Visit SaintsBaseball.com. And joining us now on the show, he is the voice of Saints Baseball, Sean Aronson. Sean, thanks uh, for joining us again, man. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I, I love this. The uh, the first place twin show. It's also the first place Saints segment right here. Yeah. You got two first place baseball teams in, in your backyard here. I'm just curious. You guys have a better pulse on this than I do because I have no idea what goes on in Major League Baseball during our season. 
Are people jumping off yet the bandwagon? They did split the series in Kansas City. They're oh, only no. up eight games. Are people freaking out <laughs> oh, right no, now? There's no jumping off. Okay, I just I didn't know the rest of the uh, with, with Twins fans. I, I lived here 13 years. Yeah. I I feel like people get freaked out. Like anytime a team around here loses a game or two. Oh, Sean, and they go crazy. I'm not saying there's no freakouts. Yeah, the freakouts <laughs> oh, okay. happening on, on the gotcha. bandwagon. Okay, we still, have, right. we still have a lot of people that are still in like that football mode. Yeah, just when. They lose one game and then everybody's just yeah. in a panic. It's impressive. I'll tell you what, from from afar, it's impressive to watch what they've done. I, I, I we couldn't be happier. I mean, it's a baseball community, and, and what the Twins have done is unbelievable. It's taken everybody by storm. They're the best story in baseball right now. I mean, there, I wouldn't call it a freak out, but there are more people who, in my in my opinion, yeah. people can react however they want to react are more worried about an eight-game lead at this point in the season sure. than they should be about an eight-game lead. That's Just true. Problems. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand. I understand it. But you mentioned the Saints in first place. Things uh, obviously going well so far yeah, this season. Yeah, for huh? us, uh, a 686 win percentage. Uh, it's 24-11, two-and-a-half game lead in the division. And it's it, it's been fun. It's been great. I, I won't say... We've played, uh, you know, 35, 36 games of great baseball. Um, but at the end of the season, nobody asks you how you won the games, just that you won them. And, and so that's where we're at right now. It's, 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 it's a joy to, to watch a team that goes out, competes hard, uh, wins the games that they're supposed to, and can pull out the tight ones as well. We were talking stats off there. I'm a stats yeah. guy, Sean. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Max Murphy and his performance. Mm -hmm. Former Twins draft pick, and he's just been incredible for you guys. Lately. Yeah, dear Twins, wait till the end of the season before you grab him from us, please. <laughs> uh, I'd like for the guy to finish out the season, do well. Don't don't take him back until the season's over. Oh, no, he, he had a ridiculous week. He was just named uh, Player of the Week uh, in the association this oh, year, the nice. American Association. Uh, he, had, he had a seven RBI game uh, to start the week off. He homered six times during the week. Uh, he doubled in every game but one. He scored a run in every game, uh, and he had a multi-hit game in every game this week. It was absolutely incredible. He hit over 500 for the week. Uh, it, it was, and he leads the league in home runs. He's got 12 homers for a guy that really is not known as a big home run guy in his career. I mean, he's got some pop. But uh, he ambushes better than anyone I've ever seen. Okay. And, and for people out there that don't know what that term means, basically he's our leadoff guy. He's our leadoff hitter. He will take that first pitch, and he will hack at it, and he'll either hit it 450 feet or he'll look silly trying to swing at it. Sure. But he tries to ambush the pitcher on that first pitch, and it's worked out for him more times than not the this year. anti-Joe Maurer approach. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, you know, I spent a season, or I should say a half a season, in the Florida State League. I was in, with the Fort Myers Miracle. Sure. So I spent a half a season with, with Joe Maurer. I called... 10% of his minor league home runs, which wow. is to say nice. one of his 10 home runs <laughs> in the minor leagues, I got to call in, in, in Fort Myers. That's amazing. It was right down the left field line between the pole and right over the wall, which would be a home run exactly the way you would expect. Sure. Opposite field, barely over the wall, but uh, but yeah, it was he was yeah. he was great. He I was, was going to say, of course it was to left field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you bring up Murphy, and you, I think you're only half joking when you say, please, Twins, don't take him <laughs> back from us. You get a, you guys notice a lot of scouts' presence at some of these games, Sean? Yeah, 100%. We, uh, and, and it'll be flooded here for the All-Star game. I know sure. you guys have done a great job promoting that for us as well. But, uh, you know, scouts from all over will come down and descend on CHS Field to, to scout all the All-Stars. But, yeah, we'll get anywhere from, I'd say, 2 to 4 on a given night, especially if there's someone that people sure. want to look at. And now that the draft is over, now you start to see the scouts even more so. They're, they're all over because 
what you're going to have is you're going to have the trade deadline coming up at the end of July, and then so you're going to need to fill your roster spots with you know independent players or or other guys out there, and so we'll start to see more and more scouts as the deadline gets closer because the scouts will be you know the Twins have sent scouts to uh, other teams in the major leagues, but they'll send them here as well, um, and, and so yeah, we get anywhere between two to four per game. Sounds like uh, at least one St. Paul Saint is yeah. headed to the All-Star Game. Would, would I be right in <laughs> assuming Max Murphy is headed to the All-Star Game? We were just talking about yeah. tw- which twins might be All-Star bound. Well, here's the great thing. So the, the, the way it's done in this league is the managers that made the championship series last year, the managers of the team, we made the championship series. So George Samus will, will manage the North Division team, and the game is here. So anyone that's not voted in, George can just turn around and say, I'm just taking half my guys. And, you know, like, no one's got to pay for a flight. Here it is. No, but there are some, there are some deserving guys. There really are. And, and I think the ballots go out in a week or so. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, I'd probably be shocked if there weren't uh, five to seven guys on the All-Star team. This we year. were talking about big markets and major league stuff in the ballot box, so Aaron Judge can make sure. it in a final vote. We have the luxury here, since the All-Star game is in our backyard in St. Paul, how can we stuff the ballot uh, box? I wish you could. I wish there was actually a ballot process. Oh, where, no, yeah. we don't get to. But, no, there, there, is, it's, it, there is a vote done by the, the managers of each team okay. and then one media member from each team. So it's, it's, you know, it's a small vote. So, it's 24. But you, you can flood the Twitter side to, to George to let him know for go. all the guys that, that you want him to pick up Put some pressure that, on. that he gets the decision to make. So, <laughs> By the way, can, can we start a campaign where the Twin Cities is not considered a small market anymore? Or I yeah, don't know I'm what you guys consider. It's unbelievable. I've been here 13 years now, and, and it, I feel like we're in market 180 here, the way people talk about it. <laughs> like, you guys are in the 14th, 15th largest media market around here, and fans and everybody else act like it's the smallest market out there. I mean, it's unbelievable to, to listen to people talk. I just, well, want, I just want them to hold their fandom and, and the people that run teams more accountable. If, if you yelled and screamed a little bit more about getting guys or getting certain players or having winning products – I think you would see that happen more. All you got to do is look on the East Coast and how much they yell and scream, and it forces the ownership to do stuff. <laughs> we stretch pretty far geographically, too. It's kind of the other nice thing about yeah. this big media market. Yeah, you got to stop with the Minnesota nice when it comes to the team. Start yelling and screaming. That's all I'm saying. Start yelling and screaming. I love it. I, love yeah, it. You, I know there's pent-up energy there. Take it out somewhere. <laughs> Where are you from? Where did you grow Originally, up? Originally, uh, Southern California. So okay. I'm, Yeah, I'm about 35 miles north of Los Angeles. I was born and raised well, they there. They don't scream about sports no, they don't. We're pretty they laid just back. Go to the beach yeah, when the team's no, bad, right? it's true. It's it's pretty laid back over there. Although I'll tell you what, as a as a diehard Dodger fan, sorry Twins fans, but as a diehard Dodger fan, it has been brutal and excruciating the last couple of years, and it's it's World Series or bust yep. for the Dodgers this year. And and all I'm asking for them to do is grab a couple of arms in the bullpen. Don't touch the starting staff. <laughs> the the offense is incredible. You get two arms in that bullpen, and I'll feel as confident as can be. But uh, that sounds like a familiar design. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it's true. Right you know, although if you're the Twins, you yeah, could add yeah. another starter. I mean, their offense is solid all the all the way around. But sure. you could add another starter. And obviously, rumors have been floating around about a number of different pitchers. But yeah, pitching is always what everybody wants. So. And you you played a little bit in high school, did you not? <laughs> yeah, if you call what I did playing. But yes, <laughs> I uh, I went to I went to Granada Hills High School, home of John Elway. John Elway graduated from my high school some 15, 20 years or whatever it was before me. Uh, Ryan Braun actually went to uh, Granada Hills High School. Oh so, really? Uh, yep, Ryan Braun. So right. he was he was after me, and. Uh, 
And yeah, my, my last high school hit came off of a future, he was like a 14-year major leaguer in John Garland. So that was my, that's my, that's my only claim to fame right there is any sort of athletic ability was my final high school hit came off of John Garland of Kennedy High School. So my claim a, to fame. Sorry to cut you yeah, off, no, go ahead. Please, you should when I start talking about my... <laughs> no, no, no. No, because no, you're not going to want to hear where I was going with this next yeah. point. I played for Bloomington Jefferson yeah. before I was cut. Brad Hand pitched for Chaska. He was a star there at the time. So my claim to fame was I watched Brad Hand striking people out. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's as good as it gets for me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I imagine when you go to the same high school as John Elway, the walls are just plastered with John Elway, are they not? Yeah, and they, they after I graduated, they, they went back and named the uh, the stadium after after him, the, the football stadium over there, um, after John Elway. So I he never came back in my four years or my three years, I guess, there. He never came back uh, – participate in the alumni game he came at, uh, the year before and the year after i left so. the diamond has sean aronson's name no no I, it, no I can't i can't even get a, a bench or a toilet named after me trust me i've been trying to get a statue of myself in this ballpark Are you kidding me i've been i've been here 13 years i can't get anything run. yeah well hey we've been around enough we we're here on opening day to know that that saints baseball can be a little crazy yeah. and it's hectic and it's uh round-the-clock job for you, Sean. How does that dial up here in the month leading up to the St. Paul's All-Star game? Yeah, it's look, it's it's crazy for all of us, and, and especially our, our general manager, Derek Scherer, has joked, well, it's just another game, and I'm like, no, it's not yeah. just another game. There's a lot of work that goes into this. Uh, but look, it's it's a chance to showcase this amazing ballpark. It's a chance to showcase this amazing city. Uh, we have executives from all the, the, the other 11 teams that descend upon this area. Um, the fans come out in droves. But on, on Monday night, uh, July 22nd, it's All-Star Monday. Um, Adam Thielen and, and friends, uh, so everyone knows Adam Thielen is. I don't need to go through that. But um, him and, and NFL players will be out here at a charity softball event. Uh, festivities start at sec- 6.30, and then we'll go into the Home Run Derby after that, which, again, uh, and we've got some some things we're working on for the Home Run Derby, so it's not just your normal run-of-the-mill Home Run Derby. Okay. And then a concert, which... We are hoping this week to announce who it is, and I'd, I'd even love to give you a little hint, but I don't even know who it is. Okay. I don't. They, I am not in on those talks at all, so I have no idea who it is. Uh, Beyonce, call us. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, baseball. That's right. But, uh, and then Tuesday at 7.05 is the All-Star Game. Again, you'll get the chance to see the best players in the American Association. Most of these guys were in affiliated ball. I mean, they were double-A, triple-A, some former big leaguers as well. So it's a chance to see some, some really good talent. And, and some of these guys won't be in this league after the All-Star Game because they'll get their contracts purchased. There will be scouts from all over here uh, you know, checking these players out. And you can find out more about all that at Saints baseball.com real quick before yeah, i let you go sure. uh you mentioned the home run derby mm-hmm. coming here to chs field our guy danny cunningham he's our he's our wolves reporter he hosts some shows on, on the station he's gonna he's supposed to take batting practice with sure. the team today yeah. he thinks and he's he's a, he's a young guy 25 right 25, okay yeah. athletic yeah. but i don't think he plays organized baseball anywhere does he no or so. has anytime recently okay. he thinks with a wooden bat he can go yard here at CHS Field, and not even like right down the left field line, three thirty yard. He's talking like left center, three forty five, over the fence. What would you say are the chances of somebody who doesn't play at the level that the St. Paul Saints play of going over over left field well, at CHS? And I don't know his athletic background. Here's what I'll say: if if he has if he has swung it, let's say at the college level or something like that, then then yeah, I mean it's it's simple batting practice. If it's a guy like me who, you know, I stand all of five feet, five inches tall and a 
145 pounds dripping wet, no chance to get it out of the infield. So, you know, it's, it just it, it depends. But I, I hope he can. I mean, it, that's that's a highlight for anyone, right? You just poke it out. You can brag to your friends. You can post it all over social he said, media. He's, just he said to, if he gets it out, he should get a one-day contract, is what he said to me in a private conversation. I'll sign him to a one-day contract of helping us pull the tarp. How about that? <laughs> probably a little more qualified to do that one. That's Sean Aaron City is the voice of Saints baseball again. All-star festivities coming here to CHS Field Monday, July 22nd, Tuesday, July 23rd. Tickets and more information at saintsbaseball.com. Sean, appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I just want to tease one thing. You're going to have Mike Vec on later on. Yeah, on this. that's right. It's going to be the most incredible conversation that will be, be had. It's it, unbelievable. It He's was last guy. time, He's and I can really verify. <laughs> it's incredible. So really thank you for having funny. me on, guys. That'll, I appreciate be, it. that'll be on Mackie and Judd with Rami later today with our guy, Rami Maclaw. Yes, it will. Right here on Score North on 1500 in that handy-dandy Score North mobile app, the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes to magic number 78, and we're back right after this. Talking with... A drive to right field off the bat of Polanco. Hit a long way and gone. Polanco hits number 11, and the Twins jump out in front. That call on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 78. I'm Robbie Mackloff along with Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. We are live out at CHS Field where uh, the Saints should be playing tonight. I see the sun peeking through the clouds here, yeah. gentlemen. So I think uh, it's looking it's looking more and more like there will be baseball here tonight. Promising tonight and less than a month away, they've got the American Association all-star game here that'll be held at St. CHS Field, home of the Saints in uh, Lower Town, St. Paul, which is a subdivision of Bombasota. And go to saintsbaseball.com for more info on that and all things St. Paul Saints related. We started off the show talking about where this team stands now and kind of how it makes sense that they have hit a bit of a rough patch here because of some of the injuries that they have. I don't know that they actually I know that they don't miss anybody that's out right now as much as they miss Byron Buxton, Derek. Would you agree with that? He changes things, man. He changes the dynamic of obviously the lineup, but beyond that, he changes games. You could see him have an offer but he robs a double and turns it into the third out of an inning, that that changes the math. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, by extension, he changes series. I mean, he's just he's a problem for people to plan around. Uh, you saw Bailey Hamilton kind of make things interesting for the Royals over the weekend. Right. Buxton's a better ball player. Like, so it's a long way of saying, yes, the Twins absolutely miss Byron Buxton. Don't get me wrong. They miss Marwin Gonzalez. They missed Mitch Garver, Jonathan Scope. It'd be nice to have your A lineup out there every night. But I think you've really noticed the absence of Buxton in the, what, dozen games or so that he's missed. I don't have the exact count offhand. Uh, maybe it's only nine or ten at this point. But optimistic news is that he could be returning pretty quickly, maybe even as early as the first game back. Uh, when the Twins return home tomorrow. I, I know the number of games that he's missed is a relatively small sample size in comparison to the rest of the season, but they're sub-500 without Byron Buxton. This is a team who's played as as well as 20 games above 500. So I know you can't really compare the two sample sizes, but they obviously, obviously miss that dude when he's not in the lineup and out there roving center. Field. Yeah, he changes it. I mean, you, you go from having someone who's a lightning bolt hitting ninth, and 
the best, one of the best defenders in baseball, certainly the best defensive outfielder in baseball for my money. That's that's a big difference. Suddenly, that out is now a double, or suddenly, you, you if somebody you know gets a single or whatever. Let's say even he was as small of an impact as a pinch runner. Well, his ability to steal second base changes it too, because now first base with two outs is a very different picture from a run scoring perspective than second base and two outs. To say nothing of the fact that he'll just put himself on second base by roping a double to the gap. Right. This guy has been a major impact player for the Twins, and I was just reading uh, on TwinCities.com, Betsy Halfand of the Pioneer Press had a a little optimistic note that Buxton could be back as soon as Tuesday. Here's a quote from Rocco Baldelli that I'm reading from Betsy's piece. I would say that we have to feel like he is 100% before we activate him, manager Rocco Baldelli said. I can't tell you that he's 100% right now, but he's really getting close to that. So we're literally getting down to a discussion of days, whether it's either one day or the next, end quote. That would be a big, big boost for a Twins lineup that could use one to get Byron Buxton back in center field. Do you think that they, I don't want to say slow played or are slow playing his return. But yes, I do. Being a little careful, more careful with it than they would be if not for an eight-game lead in the division. So if my math is right. when he went down. Yeah, that's right. Well, and now it's down to eight, so oh. you got to start rushing him back. You know, a little Clenching over here, guys. <laughs> but, you know, hey, single digits, it's a different ball game. I do think so. I, I think it's possible. You know, last year he played through a broken toe for crying out loud, and now this year he gets hit with a pitch on the wrist. And I'm not saying it's not uncomfortable or that he wouldn't be playing at something less than 100%, but I think it's possible that the big lead impacts your decision to then put him on the injured list. If my math is right, I think Tuesday is the first day he's eligible to be activated to come back from that. Um, Look, I don't know if he will be or not. It stands to reason that he would be, but I think that you saw the same thing play out with Nelson Cruz earlier, where they just couldn't quite get him right. Do I think he could have played? Yeah, but if the wrist was bugging you, take your time with that. The one injury that I don't think they really slow played is uh, Mitch Garver getting back from a high ankle sprain. Missed, what, 16 games or something yeah. ridiculous like that? Pretty much everybody else, I think rightfully so, they've taken the cautious approach with him and said, you know, hey, Let's just make sure we get this thing right because one of the core tenets of Rocco Baldelli ball, right? We were talking about that this winter, right? What's Rocco ball look like? To me, one of the core philosophies, one of the core tenets is how can I have my A players playing at something close to 100%? What's their best physically? Oh, it means getting them off their feet and not taking pregame BP sometimes? Cool. Show and goes it is. All I right. want you to show up and be ready for a 7-10 ball game, not 3:30 stretch and batting practice. What matters is what happens there between 7:10 and 11 o'clock. So I think that's a, an extension of that philosophy where you say, hey, you need a day here and we got an off day tomorrow? Awesome. I'm going to give it to you because I want your body fully rested and recovered, ready to perform at the highest level. And we have a huge lead in the division. I think that factors into <laughs> that the decision-making as well, right? Yeah, no doubt. That probably matters, too. These are probably injuries. Well, I, I can't say probably. I'm not in the trainer's room, and even if I was, I wouldn't know how to read an X-ray or an MRI because I'm not smart. That looks like a bone to me. <laughs> you got a bone there. Is that a foot? I think that's a foot. I don't know. But... 
I, 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 I have to assume that some of these injuries, these are things that guys would be playing through. And when you play through those injuries, A, you're, you're not as good when you're playing through it, and B, you're not giving it a chance to heal, which means you're going to be playing through it for longer. That's you, right. You know what I mean? So I think that that luxury of having a big division lead, a bigger lead than most teams have in their division right now, allows you to, to let these guys get fully healthy, which this type of stuff pays off in September and yes. October. Same yep. way I was saying that whatever wear and tear and and stress that they're compiling on the arms of the few bullpen guys that they do trust, we won't see the impact of that until September or October. The flip side of that is being able to slow play these guys and let them get back to 100% or close to it. You'll see the payoffs. You'll see the dividend, dividends of that near the end of the season. Yep, and say, too, that they have assembled a roster here. It's not only to the credit of the front office, but also to the players themselves that the depth is major league quality. You're not, oh, Jonathan Scope's hurt? Cool, well, all right, we got to go get Rami Makloff to play second base for a couple of days. No disrespect. You just would be taking a pretty... More of a hot corner guy myself. Down, yeah, yeah. All right, well, maybe you move Sano and make first, the math work. I can dig it out. <laughs> not like C.J. Crone you can't, but... This guy's a potential all-star. So, True. Uh, my point is just that the guys that they're going digging down to get, your Jake Caves, your Luis Arraiz, your Williams La Tortuga Astadio, they're not schlubs. They're guys you can trust and go put in a major league lineup and they acquit themselves well. I think that does give Rocco and Co. the ability to say, hey, Jonathan Scope, why don't you take it easy for a couple of days here? Let's make sure we get this thing right rather than try to grind through it and get your games total up to 158. At the end of the year, they don't hand out trophies for how many games you played. It's not attendance. It's how many games did your team win, and then were you ready to win them when the lights really turned on in October? Yeah, the thing... Did you have something there, man? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. The, th- the only thing that might be rushing these guys back is when a, a Luis Arise goes out and gets four hits, and Jonathan Scope is like, man, am I about to I'm feeling pretty good. I'm much better now. The second <laughs> base going to turn into a platoon? <laughs> Jonathan Wally Pip Scope. <laughs> I don't look. I, the Twins have a bunch of good starters, too, so I don't foresee that being a real problem. But it, it is, to the Twins' credit, that their, de- their depth runs – 12, 13 deep, and it's not a situation where you feel like you've got to grind out 159 ball games. You think that puts you in the best spot to get three hits every night? Heck no. You think that puts you in the best spot on October 10th to hit a home run in the late innings? Heck no. Right. The Twins are already planning for that eventuality of postseason baseball, keeping their guys fresh throughout the season, and I think you're right, Rami. I think you're going to start to see that pay off more in September and in October when guys are at their freshest. And when you're fresher than the other team. That's a, when you that's get into big, October and you're fresher than the team that you're in a seven-game series with. It's a big competitive advantage to just be able to focus on on those games. The, the, the lead helps them with that, but the depth of the roster is big, too. What about Jonathan Scope, Mitch Garver, the rest of the guys that are injured? Do we have yeah. any timetable on their return yet? I, I don't have them offhand. No, I wasn't in Kansas City. But off day-to-day should help everybody. I can say that. Yeah. Mitch Garver, I don't think... I think it's going to be too serious. A little bit of a heel issue, and Rocco said precautionary was the reason they took him out of that game. Um, Scope, too. Scope played after he got hurt, so I don't think that's going to be a you know two, three-week absence kind of thing. The Marwin Gonzalez was the one that I don't know. I don't have a good beat on that situation. Um, but I would say you get one of those guys back, it's a big lift. You get two, what three of them back. What was the injury with Marwin again? 
Uh, you put me on the spot here. Sorry. I can just Google that. No, I because didn't he he got physically hurt, right? He got taken out of a game. I yeah, thought it was after, oh yeah, it was during the seventeen inning game. He he was replaced by Kepler. When Kepler, Kepler came Kepler in in like the seventh game. inning. It was a hamstring injury. Okay. Yeah, so I was uh I was not at that seventeen inning marathon. But I don't know. I think that there is something to be said about rest and recovery that the twins have been really sort of I I would say ahead of the ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah, other teams are going to run through their guys and kind of grind them down, and sometimes that's by necessity you have to. But the three injuries that I that I mentioned before, Marwin, I think are kind of lesser severe, and that's more of a let's play it safe, let's be smart about this, and have this guy ready for October, not June 25th. Today's probably the perfect off day for them. Well, right? they needed this. I mean, they, they needed, needed this bad. I mean, you got a good Tampa Bay team coming in, uh, for uh, for a few games this week, so I think today more than any. I mean, you you never complain about having an off day. There's never a bad time for it, but it seems like today is like the perfect time. For well, and I, now I didn't see an update, but Jose Brios came out of that game. You guys see, he was like looking at his hand or something. It was I don't know if it was a blister. It like it was a blister. And, yeah. and if that's yeah. the case, nice to have five days off instead of four or mm-hmm. three. And I don't I, like I don't know. I I didn't see his hand, and I haven't seen anything on what's the severity of that injury but you can add in an extra off day there for an a starting pitcher who's got really nothing to prove in the regular season you don't want him to be trying to force his way through if it is a blister or some minor minor thing like that some acute injury on his hand rather let's get this taken care of nip it in the bud get you back out there for your 32 starts if we can i'd go as far as to say that if he has to skip a start fine you have an eight game lead in the division the magic number is 78 on june 24th zach Littell, what are you doing later this week exactly <laughs> you want to stretch it out for a start yeah. here bud i don't want to keep ripping that thing back open if if jose brios needs to miss a start fine heck no yeah totally yeah. fine with that no absolutely i think the twins are in a really good spot they're in the driver's seat what i would like to see boys keep your foot on the gas, yes. not just in terms of winning games. Go help supplement this roster and make it a real World Series club. This has been the Score North First Place Twins Show. If you missed any portion of this show, you can go back and listen to it anytime you please at scorenorth.com or on the Score North mobile app. Wherever you download podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, coming up next, Matthew Collar back in the saddle for Purple Daily. Some Vikings talk for the next two hours before Mackie and Judd with Rami live from CHS Field. For Derek and Manny, Rami Makhlouf saying thanks for listening.